0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Holy Donuts Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lombardi, and I am joined today by someone who's a, who's a good friend, uh, kind of special podcast, not someone who's a guest from a nonprofit organization per se, but my good friend, Jonathan Beck, founder at WeGive, who is full disclaimer, sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> Don't want to get that out of the way in advance. Uh, no nefarious intent here or anything like that. But Jonathan, man, thanks so much for joining me today. How's it, how's it treating you out in uh, sunny Southern California?
1: Good. Yeah, not super sunny right now, but it has been has been pretty good. Yeah. These are the months where you yeah. uh remind yourself that's why you deal with what you deal with to live yeah, here.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for, for being on the show. Uh, so why don't you start a little bit of this way? Probably some people out there who when they hear like, Oh yeah, you founded We Give like a tech payments company for nonprofits, like how does one even get into that world with knowing your backstory like dad was a preacher. Like, How do you even find yourself in that space? There's probably a lot of people who don't really get to see inside that world much. So just share with a little bit of folks listening, how'd you get to the point where you are and we give, feel free to give the 30,000 foot view. Um, Just share a little bit of your history (laughs) and how you got to this. Yeah.
1: 30, not 10,
0: 10, huh? Uh, Yeah, yeah. 30. (laughs) Real high up. I don't want you going too long.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Dad was a pastor, but grew up in the Silicon Valley. So got into tech real easily, basically just everyone gets jobs with their, you know, friends or family friends or connections that they have. And those it up and up there happen to usually be tech companies. So yeah, got into tech and I think, you know, I went to Pepperdine for college. So I always had like, a, they're all about, they push that pretty heavily, the, you know, give back kind of thing. So I don't know. Kind of just grew up in that world with my dad being a preacher and was always into, into that space. So yeah. got some experience in payments and in fintech and yeah, decided to move over move over here.
0: Yeah, and so what year did you found WeGive?
1: Started WeGive in well, it was originally called GiveList. Cool. Okay. Yeah, started that in twenty it was twenty eighteen legally. Mm-hmm. So, oh. legally speaking, legally yeah. speaking, um, before it was a yeah. big business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, yeah, t- 2018. It was originally a mobile app. And there were a bunch of okay. these apps that came out around kind of that same time. Google had one that failed called One Today. Yeah, there were a couple of others, and yeah, it was basically trying to sort of do what the what's happened in investing which is things have moved into like robo-advisor and it's been really democratized. Anyone can kind of come in and invest a so, portfolio style giving, which is sort yeah. of reserved for like foundations, big private foundations, and I guess sort of donor advice funds as well. And so it's kind of a democratized donor advice fund, find nonprofits you cared about, be able to give to them easily, and then be able to see what's going on with those donations. Turns out, you know, no one cared. <laughs> people just acted like they cared if they'd fund their donor advice fund, but couldn't get nonprofits to post or send any information back into the application. When they did, though, the engagement skyrocketed. Um, people were really into seeing, you know, some groceries that their church bought for a family, um, some content that they probably might not might not get shared. Those small little kind of raw moments might not get shared on a Sunday, right? Or on social media, because it might it's kind of maybe not appropriate for an Instagram post or something, um, yeah. but privately, with a community of people giving to fund activities like that, that is something that that is appropriate, and so people would really really took to those and my background being in payments, me and somebody started a, a large payments company back in two thousand and twelve ish and so I had a some experience there and was like, well, I think we should spin this out to nonprofits and churches specifically to be able to put this on their site instead of trying to drive people into an app. That's kind of the story. Yeah, that's awesome. we went that's ten thousand awesome. feet though. I tried to keep it at thirty.
0: No, no, no I love 10,000. Uh, it gets a little more, <laughs> least, which is totally yeah. So one of the things I know because we obviously get a chance we give on a regular basis and mm-hmm. clients on that. One of the heartbeats behind we give is helping nonprofits communicate impact. To their donors, like actually seeing where their giving's going. So with that in mind, one of the questions I usually ask guests who are in the nonprofit space is what's a strategy, what's a tactic, what's a tool that has been really effective for you in your nonprofit career? I'd like to spend that a little bit and say for you, why is the impact like communicating impact such a big deal for We Give and mm-hmm. for you personally? And and what are some kind of best practices around that you'd recommend to nonprofits?
1: Yeah. I really tee me up there, yeah. but I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think it's a really important question because a lot of nonprofits aren't asking that. And it's really, this is what I always say when we're presenting the tool, I always say, you know, when people donate, they're purchasing something yeah. actually, and they're purchasing meaning for themselves by giving and knowing that you're, an agent of action behind some kind of positive thing that's going to happen in the world. You're purchasing a feeling that you're making a difference and that your life matters. And not all of us are called to, you know, be in the field doing things that are awesome all day long. And so it would get to share in that by purchasing some of that meaning through donating and That product's not delivered via UPS or the postal service. That product's delivered through communication. And it's the organizations that communicate the stories, right? It's really what it is, a story that I can attach to my identity that, hey, this kid had a cleft palate and his father didn't want to have a relationship with them. And then they fix his cleft palate. Now all the kids play with them in the village and everyone starts crying and pulling their checkbooks out. It's like, okay, well... Like, but that's a true story and it matters, right? And people want to be a part of that. And so that's okay to share those stories of impact. And it's actually what you should be doing to steward those donations well. So that's kind of the whole concept was emotionally sort of how how we feel about the space. But then if you look at the numbers, the numbers back it up dramatically, right? I think it's something, I think it's the number one reason people give by far if you look at across the different studies, and this wasn't my idea originally. I mean, this has sort of been pulled together by captains of industry, if you will, as we've sort of really focused in on doing this from a product standpoint. The number one reason by far is people give to feel like they are making a difference. And the number one reason people stop giving is because they don't feel like they were communicated with about how their gift made a difference. And we're talking like really significant numbers. And when you look at, I'm a big key performance indicator, OKR okay, numbers guy coming from kind of VC and startup world. When you look at nonprofit as an industry compared to other industries, the retention rates for nonprofit are horrific. Yeah. Really bad <laughs> compared to other business models. And yeah, you know, first time donors, average retention rates floats around 20% typically, right? You go into a church's database, they'll 15, 20,000 people in their, you know, in their database, in their CHMS, and they'll have, you know, 2000 givers.
0: And it's like, what's going
1: (laughs) on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and, And so it's like, what's going on? And I, you know, I think... I think it, 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 comes down, it comes down to that. So, yeah, I mean, for us, I think that's why it's a big deal. Yeah. And the second part of your question was kind of tactics and tools yeah. around doing that. It's yeah. best practices. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's communication, ultimately. Yeah. And I think communication in ways that people are used to getting communicated with and in ways that give people station and are persistent, right? So when my church shares a story about, uh, you know, we partner with a refugee camp in Tijuana because we're in San Diego, it's right there. And so we'll do, you know, a toy drive or something like that, or we'll send people down there that volunteer for certain things every other week and some really cool things happen. When there happens to be time for the pastor to share something about that, usually there's no media created. Yeah. If you happen to be there and he happens to have time, people happen to hear that story, great. And, but it's not persistent, then that falls off the back, right? Um, versus having a specific portal where I have station Right. I have identity. I can log in and and there's a place where stories like that can live persistently um, on my profile and my account um, that I can go back to, you know, I I think I I guess I would call that a donor portal. But I think it comes down to communication the way people uh, are used to it. Right. People communicate now with text. They go on websites, asynchronous communication, synchronous communication. Email, in-persons of course always the best right. as far as in the moment. But I think taking those and creating persistent communications, um, specifically, I think the donor portal is fantastic. Yeah. I think text is great, right? Text is at ninety-something percent open rate. Yeah. People um, vary yeah. on the studies there. Whereas like a lot of nonprofits are just sending email newsletters, it's got a 30 percent open right. rate, right? Yeah. Even when you do open it, the engagement's really low. It's like two percent click rate. Whereas yeah. if, you, you know, if you send everyone a text, you know, hey, Jonathan, thanks so much for giving, here's a, you know, an impact update from our refugee camp in Tijuana. I know you care about that, because you've been donating to it. You know, let me know if you have any questions, right? That's gonna have a 100% open rate and a really, yeah. really, really high click rate. Yeah. So I, I think people that treat the ways to engage and these channels realistically and well, which is sort of what you see in the for-profit world as well, right? The companies that are killing it with their marketing and communications are the ones that are using the new tools, but using them well and correctly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think one of the things that we've seen, even working with WeGive is the more you can have consistent, I'd say even like behavior-based personal communications, Mm -hmm. right? The the more likely your donors are going to feel right because it's personal behavior based. I like that. Yeah, right. Behavior based. Yeah. So it's oh well, I just had an unsuccessful payment, and now I get what feels like a personal email saying, "Hey, looks like your card failed. We'd love to help you out with this." Or maybe it's mm-hmm. on the positive side: "Hey, you just gave this special Giving Tuesday thing above and beyond your typical monthly recurring gift. Mm-hmm. We know that's a stretch for you. Thank you so much. You know, like mm-hmm. those sort of behavior based personalized communications. Personalization." I think are- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's another
1: way, I guess, for me to say it. That's, you know, more 30,000 and not five feet, (laughs) right? Which is personalized, meaningful, personalized communication consistently instead of big video productions. And everyone gets to see it once on Sunday, a quick email check-in and a 10 second video. Hey, how's it going? Here we are, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much. Boom. That's going to get that those perform better than even the really produced stuff. And it's personalized. It's not spammy. It feels real. And so you're able to make an emotional connection. Yeah. I love it.
0: Well, hey there, Holy Donuts listeners. Ever feel like your nonprofit's donor experience is like a jelly-filled donut with no jelly? Well, don't fret. We found the jelly to your donut dilemma. Enter WeGive, the software tool that's like the cream filling to your eclair, or should I say the glaze to your donut. With WeGive, you're not just taking a donation, you're rolling out a red carpet for every person who gives to your organization. And with WeGive, you get an incredible donor portal, events, pledges, surveys, segmentation, on and on we could go on the features. And those checkouts though, smoother than my attempt to make homemade donuts, which let's just say, didn't quite rise to the occasion. See what I did there? With WeGive's innovative engagement tools, your donors won't just feel the love, they'll be coming back for a second because nothing says thanks for your dough better than a world-class experience. So if you want to sprinkle some extra special magic on your donor relationships, check out WeGive.com. So, Let's look at, would love to hear some of your perspectives. You're gonna have a unique voice speaking into, you talk to a lot of nonprofits on a regular basis, yeah. right? You talk to a lot of customers, a lot of potential customers, a lot of just network kind of contacts in, in the industry. What are you seeing as a trend that's got you a little bit concerned about nonprofits for the future? Mm-hmm. And what's a trend on the other side that has you really, really excited for ministries and nonprofits out there?
1: Yeah. I think that trend wise for nonprofits and ministries specifically I think some of the i guess the decision making i'm seeing motivation wise and and the tools that organizations will choose has me concerned i, mean, I, yeah, I'm not, I haven't been working nonprofit for thirty years, but seeing some of the decision making being really Fear-driven and really like archaic, right? I mean, you hear it from all the all the consultants in the industry sort of say the same thing as well, right? Where it's like, yeah, you know, no, they decided not to go with that. Sandy's just going to do the typical mailer campaign that she does every year that you know worked that one time and brought in 130k. Woohoo! You know, versus like really investing. It's all kind of it's sort of like a government job where the only way to succeed is by not messing up is the way a lot of people Mm -hmm. sort of think, but then you meet some people that don't think that way. And those organizations, you really see that you actually can look at the growth rates because you can compare the nine nineties are like, whereas the other organizations that are just not rising to the cultural tide uh, seem to be dying off a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So I don't know, because really what you're you're competing for donors by how how much, you know, why should I donate to you versus international justice mission yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that? Right. <laughs> um, when I can get like a, you know, feel like I saved a girl from sex trafficking that's going to make, you know, versus getting a mailer that, you know, is like fear threatening me about
0: something. I, it's just going to die. If you don't provide this to <laughs> you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think some of the decision making surprised me really
0: risk-based, fear-based. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah.
0: I yeah. Think the more, the more nonprofit leaders can also understand that. I mean, in some ways, like if we take a higher level theological view, like, listen, it's all God's money. There's plenty, right. There's plenty mm-hmm. of opportunity for every single nonprofit. So we're not in competition with each other, but we are in competition for the attention, right. Exactly. Of donors. But then also if even, I would say like, not just against other nonprofits, and we talk about this with sales stuff all the time. Like, mm. you're not like your competition is not your competitor. Your competition is every other priority that person has in their life that would put them above meeting with you, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing for potential donors. Like, you're not just competing for their attention against what else could they give for? You're also competing for their attention against every other thing they could purchase. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, like, if it comes down to it, a nonprofit's messaging is not that compelling you know what is compelling? A trip to Tahoe, right? Like I can spend my (laughs) money there. Yeah. Like like, that's really compelling. Like that's like, I know what that's going to buy me in terms of happiness, joy, emotion. Like if you're not cutting through the noise, like you're not just competing against, oh, well this one emotional message from another nonprofit or they're communicating or they're actually spending the thoughtful time to think through their ad campaign this way or that. You're also competing against everything that your donor could invest in. Besides your mission.
1: Right. Which and is so why we're pivoting different. to right. travel agency for Tahoe. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it. But you got to I mean, like if every, you know, travel company out there is using all the digital tools at their disposal to communicate why yeah. you should, their, your donor should spend on their trip. <laughs> you should probably be doing the same thing totally. because you're going to need to counteract it. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, so what's been a positive trend that you are actually excited about yeah. outside of maybe some of fear-based decision-making
1: I'm seeing a, a, a generation of, you know, people basically are uh, some guys in our generation, right. That are in their mid late thirties and early forties, people coming in from the corporate world and just killing it and just thinking about things the right way, thinking about things, actually knowing what their donor retention rate is actually knowing what their lifetime value per donor is actually knowing what drives kpis what inputs create what outputs like actually holistically thinking about the business that way one guy that comes to mind is like brady josephson who i think you had on two three weeks ago or something like that you know he's thinks about things in a really wise way that reminds me of someone coming from a tech company which he has and he's working for an organization that sort of has led the way to a degree in thinking yeah. that way right yeah so i see some really positive thinking i'm seeing that as well in the church which is exciting i'm seeing some organizations that are starting to kind of be like well why are we paying six thousand dollars a month for just a checkout on our yeah. site <laughs> you know so i'm seeing like some good questions being asked yeah. and, you know as people are like oh there's other things out there that could do better so some of that i like that
0: love it yeah very cool so what's a what's a resource what's something that i know you're a reader Mm -hmm. uh, i know that you're like we were talking just nerd down history podcast stuff before we even started recording what's a resource that you like to put in people's hands if they're maybe they're not familiar with what Kind of a modern donor experience should look like, or, or maybe just if they're thinking through like a different way to think of nonprofit work or ministry or operations. Like, are there any resources, tools you like to kind of put in people's hands on a regular basis that you've really enjoyed?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess let me answer that two ways. One is, I think it makes a. If I was a nonprofit, I would be looking at and trying to learn what's possible, one, and two, what other kind of digital experiences my customers, clients, donors, supporters, constituents are receiving elsewhere, right? What's the, for the top performing organizations out there that are just killing it with, you know, hundreds of millions in recurring donations, on people that are retained, sticking around. Why? What's the donor experience like over there, right? Do they have a portal? Are they sharing stories of impact? Are those stories of impact really produced? Are they raw? Do they use, yeah. are they texting their donors saying thank you? Is it personalized communications? So I think go to some of the great nonprofits out there and go check out their donor experience. Yeah, you know, great Go give five bucks and see what the donor experience is like. Because, you know, I do that a lot. That's a lot of times how I anchor my, our demos is like this, look how terrible your experience is, look how great it could be. (laughs) And then I work as an advisor for, a growth advisor for one of the premier venture firms in Southern California called Mucker Capital. And I do weekly or bi-weekly calls with founders where they basically report to me on their growth. And. I try to give them advice basically, which is hysterical. I don't, you know, I don't know how they have me in that role, but it's amazing. Yeah. you know, so here a lot of the, it's always some form of the same conversation, right. And I've been doing it for like four years now or three years. Um, and for myself as well, I have found that some of the blogs mm-hmm for the growth industry there's a bunch of them and like if if you just google you know like best blogs for growth hacking or best blogs for finding product market fit which are kind of like the the two buzzwords where most of the good contents around you can find some just remarkable remarkable not just guides but just ways of thinking how to measure and how to test and how to actually real frameworks around that, that whole growth framework, I think would be really useful yeah. in nonprofit, which I think Brady was highlighting the last time that he was here. I'm sorry to bring him up again, but yeah, uh, yeah. it, it's reminding me that, you know, he said that I think it's a lot of those frameworks are ways of thinking that can be yeah. tremendously helpful. Right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know a uh, quick little book I, somewhere on the bookshelf back there. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it's Hacking Growth or Growth Hacking by Ryan Holiday. Really yep. quick, easy to read, right? Like, if you're just interested, in like, eh, I don't even know what this is, like, heard about it, right. it's a great little first primer to it, right? It's not gonna tell you hmm. everything you need to know, but it's gonna give you a pretty good base intro of, like, oh, okay, cool. And then give you a good resource that you can go explore more kind of online and do a deep dive down the Google rabbit trail. So, mm-hmm. okay, Jonathan, this has been super helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time come on. Love all, all the stuff you have to say, obviously. but if people want to get in contact with you, if they yeah. want to either schedule a demo with you or they're like, hey, questions about something you said, this kind mm-hmm. of teed up something in my mind and you to talked to our team about, what's the best yeah. way to reach out to you? What's the best way to connect with you?
1: Email. Yeah. Cool. Email's great. Yeah. Jonathan Beck at WeGive.com. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool.
0: Are you active on the social media at all? Anywhere they can connect with you there? No.
1: No. No. It has I, to be I, email. I, yeah, it has to be email. I very, very purposely don't have any social media accounts. Oh. I do have a LinkedIn. Cool. You know, mostly because it's, I don't even yeah. consider yeah. that social media. Yeah. 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 It's like saying, cool. Yeah. Email,
0: so, email or carrier pigeon are the way to get in touch with you. Mostly.
1: Carrier pigeon would be sick. Yeah. If you want to send me a carrier be pigeon, Someone
0: send you a carrier pigeon. That would I would
1: appreciate that there. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it really would cut through the noise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, man, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, And if you're watching, make sure you like, subscribe to the channel so you can stay up to date with all the most recent episodes. Until next time, thanks for joining us.